0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag #NowChurch. Thank you and enjoy today's service. Well, it was great to see everybody today. It is, um, it is uh, the dog days of summer. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. It's uh, July, what is it, the 24th, something like that? Anyway, we're coming up on the end of July. We got one more Sunday left in this great series called Ready To? There you go. You can say it. And um, today's message is called Our Father, The Warrior. Our Father, The Warrior. I'm gonna take you uh, scripturally, we're gonna look at our text today. At the final scene at the Red Sea, in Exodus chapter 14, if you'd open your Bible there, if you got it with you, otherwise it'll be on the screen, I really believe that this summer um, has been, a lot of people have been going through crossing over season, going in in a transition of, a summer of changes. It's been a season for many of us, many of you, of moving from one thing into another thing, one season to another thing, another season. And that's really what the Red Sea was about, is about God taking his people out of bondage, 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And this was a transitional pivotal point where God was taking them across into the wilderness and preparing them for the promised land. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Exodus 14, 30. I'm going to talk about the final scene. So so the children of Israel have already crossed over, and this is what happened. Verse 30 of Exodus 14. We're going to take it right into chapter 15. Exodus 14, 30. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. So I want you to picture this scene that the worst things that have attacked your brain, your life, your spirit, your soul, your body, your family, you have made it through from that attack and the closest they could come to pursue you and all of a sudden you're watching those things wash up dead and you're still alive. Okay, so this is, you got to, you know, I, I, somebody told me one time, you have the mind of Spielberg. I said, well, I wish I had the money of Spielberg, you know. But I, when I see the scriptures, I see them this way. So I want you to, I want to take you to that moment because this is important. This is not just, they, they, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. No, it happened for a reason. And what happened for them, God says in his word in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 10, he did it for your example because he wants to do it for you. So in your transition, when the enemy has hit you with everything but the kitchen sink and you're still standing, your enemies are going to be on the side of the road as roadkill. That's the, that's the scene. So verse 31, something strange happens. Thus Israel saw, they got it. They, it was a re- revealed to them. They saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt So the people feared the Lord. That's deep reverential awe of God, worship of God. It's it's not worship like singing a song. It's worship like, oh my God, look at what he did. Look at how powerful he is. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Chapter 15, verse one. Then Moses and the children of Israel, in the midst of all this scene of their enemies washing up on the seashore, sang a song to the Lord. This is a spontaneous prophetic response to God's goodness. He's fighting the battle. God says, trust me. They get through the enemy's washing up and Moses said, this is amazing. I feel a song coming on. It's like something out of West Side Story. So most of the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I just sang a song. They sang to the Lord and spoke. Saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider, my enemies, he's thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation, my deliverer in this moment. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Moses realizes, my father is fighting for me. I'm not alone. My father is a warrior. Galatians 5.1 from the message says this. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray one more time. Holy Spirit, I pray that you give it to the people through me like you gave it to me this week. Speak forth your words, because your people need to hear your words. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Last week, we talked about, we said the Christian life is all about a growth process or a building process of relationship. We said, unfortunately, religion often neglects that point and focuses on one-time prayers to obtain a get out of hell free card, which made me think when I wrote that, when I thought of that thought, it made me wonder, why did Monopoly try to condition us all to go to jail? Talk about faith and fear. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Go to jail, go directly to jail, some of those cards would say. I don't think it's right. I rebuke Monopoly. (laughs) Excuse me, I rebuke the Parker brothers. (laughs) Anyway, we said construction season is battle season. Any expansion or increase or growth or leaning into God in your life attracts opposition. Don't be shocked, be prepared to rumble. I can say that, be prepared to rumble. I can say that. No copyright infringement, no trademark violated. Should have thought of that the first week. I recently heard a story about overcoming anxiety where a man tells the story of his brother getting out of prison after two years away in a federal penitentiary. His family threw him a huge party Everybody came. There was food, there was fun and games. The whole family came out to celebrate his freedom. There's only one problem. The newly liberated ex-con ended up hiding out on the back porch, away from people, away from the family that loved him, away from everybody else, anxious and afraid, trying to process the fact that he was out and not looking over his shoulder every moment. Set free, but unable to live free or enjoy the benefits of his new freedom. He still felt jumpy, waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for something to go wrong, jaded by his experience. When I heard the story, I thought, man, that's a powerful metaphor for Christians today. Because we know that by faith, whom the Son sets free, say it with me, is free indeed, right? So if Jesus sets you free, you're set free. We may even try to grasp it intellectually. But my question as we begin today is, are we experiencing all that freedom in Christ means? Because I don't think any of us are. This may surprise you. I don't think any of us are experiencing the full and complete and total abundant life of freedom that God intends that Jesus paid the price for. Have we become jaded too? My friends, it's possible to go to church for your whole life. Know that verse, whom the sun sets free is free Indeed enough to be able to quote it, pray for it, put it on your mirror, and still live a life of secret bondage. Internally haunted by the past, handcuffed in the circumstances of the present, and horrified at the very thought of the future. Bound mentally, mentally, bound emotionally, bound relationally, bound financially, bound behaviorally in the cycle of habitual secret sin. Remember it took 400 years of slavery in Egypt to completely tangle up the people of God and they kept getting more and more and more bound. Pharaoh kept inflicting them with harsher, harsher penalties and less building materials and higher demands. What the devil does when you serve him. He makes you think you're going to be a star or you're going to have a whole lot of wealth or all the happiness you could ever have. But at the end of the story on serving the enemy, you wound up bound, broken, and destroyed, owned, and enslaved. And after the 400 years, suddenly God did what he'd been promising for generations, even before they went into slavery, before Joseph even went into Egypt and brought his family there and saved them there. There was this whole thing about a deliverer would rise up to set them free one day. Moses was sent by God after the burning bush with one message. He declared to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let God's people out of this. Release your tangled web. Release all the handcuffs and all the 400 years. Think about generationally what that does. With with every generation becoming more and more bound. Remember, they started out really blessed under Joseph. Most blessed people in all of Egypt were the children of Israel. But suddenly, their condition got worse, and 400 years older than our nation, 400 years of slavery. Conditions got worse, but after 10 plagues hit that Egyptian the Egyptians hard. In the middle of that, I showed you a couple of years ago, I did a thing on the 10 plagues, some of you were here, and it showed you how God protected Israel. And each of those 10 plagues meant something spiritual about the different gods of Egypt and showed God's power over the gods of Egypt. But finally, after their firstborn was hit, they finally agreed to the terms, let them go, let them go three days out to worship their God. Yet after a couple of days, began to chase the of Israel, to trap them at the Red Sea and to annihilate them. But God had other plans. You may feel emaciated, annihilated, broken in the season you're in, but God has other plans for you too. God has other plans for you too at home. Every time the enemy means to take you out, the Holy Spirit means to take you over and up. And yet, what I'm talking about today was the fact that it still took 40 years to get the slavery mentality and the trauma out of the people of God. They tried to cross over quickly, should have been an 11-day journey, but they just weren't there because they had to be changed because they were free, but they weren't living free. The question for us becomes, what are we freed from and what are we freed to? Because my friends, I believe heaven is real, but I also believe that freedom doesn't begin when you die. I believe the abundant life Jesus promised begins the moment you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Is there a battle? Oh, yes. There is opposition. But God's best, his plan, his purpose for your life is you're being freed from something and freed to something. The word says Jesus set us free from the root cause of all of our pain, which is not just sins, like the, thing, the bad stuff we've done. It's sin, the condition of it, the whole condition of sin, the whole condition of being imperfect and impure. And you, you wanna do the right thing and you end up doing the wrong thing. You say, I won't gonna, I'm not gonna do this again and you wind up doing it again. All that stuff that's the battle of this earthly life. But Jesus set us free from the root cause, that condition. And then he has set us free to enjoy certain benefits. I love what the psalmist said, Psalm 103, verse two. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you, with loving kindness and tender mercies. I don't have time to go into the whole thing, but he also renews your youth like the eagles. Amen. Gives me hope as long as Don Henley is still alive. Once well, you don't know who Don Henley is. That's the eagles, a band. Used to be a band called the eagles. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just a new kid in town. probably know this already, but the word blessed, when the the Bible says when you receive Jesus, when you know the Lord you're blessed the word blessed literally means whether you Greek or Hebrew it out it means this happy, fortunate to be envied the free life makes others envious envious The free life, you stumble into goodness by accident, fortunate, happy. Look, we talk about joy being the power of the spirit inside, internal. But there's happiness also Promise Doesn't mean you're going to be happy every day. And doesn't mean the enemy is going to let you just be happy and kind of leave you alone. But happiness is part of the blessing of the Lord. Within their blessing of God, there is peace. There's joy, there's happiness. And my friends, depression is not part of the blessing. Depression is part of the curse. The black cloud of internal darkness and depression that people feel has no legal right to your life. But you have to fight. You have to submit yourself, therefore, unto a holy God and resist that devil. And the Bible says he'll... Flee, he'll run away afraid. You fight. You fight not from a position of weakness or not to do anything Jesus didn't already do, but from the foundation of the new and total victory Jesus won for you legally on the cross. And you have power in his name to enforce that victory. To draw the bloodline around your life, which we will talk about more next Sunday when we take communion. Paul the apostle called this journey the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a battle. But the word good that signifies what this fight is, the word good there in the Greek means worthy. The good fight of faith, the worthy fight of faith, the honorable fight of faith, the noble fight of faith. Reminding Timothy and the rest of us to take a stand when we need to. We started with the Red Sea. I'm gonna go back there. The children of Israel left 400 years of slavery in Egypt, crossed a virtual ocean with God's help, and with the enemy army hot on their trail, positioned themselves thinking they were going to be slaughtered. Talk about fear. Talk about anxiety. This is like being attacked by a whole army of invaders. As we say around here, but God. But God. Our heavenly Father. Intervened in the situation. Told them it wasn't theirs to fight in the natural. But it was his battle. The father's battle. Why? Because of love. You think, well, that's strange. Somebody told us years ago, was preaching out of the story of the Red Sea and said to us, when you're in the crosshairs, when you're being pursued, when you feel the enemy at nipping at your heels, when you sense the enemy coming at you and, it, and you sense this almost imminent danger, every time that feeling hits, every time that situation hits, God is simply allowing the enemy to get close enough to you to where he gets overconfident and God is about to take him out. See, some things you have to be able to hit close up. And the destruction of your enemies happens in that way. Sometimes they get so close, but when they get close, don't be afraid, stand still and see the salvation Lord who's with you. Because your God is, he has not taken over yet until they get that close and you feel like, oh boy, we may be down for the count. No, no. God says, if you're still feeling the pain, we sang about in one of the songs earlier. If, if it's not good, it's not over. Right now, you may feel horrible. My heart is broken for the Sharp and the Bradford family who lost Dave this week. We prayed for Dave here off and on over the years. And he lost a battle yesterday, but you know, he received Jesus Here. Years ago, Amanda, their little boy, Kevin, heartbroken, but at church today, make sure we surround them, please, when you're walking out for the baptism in a few minutes, surround them, but I want you to know the story's not over. because the good days, Paul said it in Romans eight, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, what I'm feeling right now is nothing, nothing compared with the glory that's being revealed in us. God is near to you. If you have a broken heart today If your heart is broken, if your life is coming apart at the seams, whatever it is, God is working. God's love is still working. You say, well, I don't feel like God loves me. Then don't trust your feelings. Trust his word. St. Augustine said, the whole Bible does nothing but tell of God's love. Father Renero Cantalamessa writes, this is the message that supports and explains all the other messages of the Bible, that the love of God is the answer to all the whys in the Bible. When we say, why did this happen? Why this? The why of creation, the why of the incarnation, Jesus coming to earth as a man, the why of redemption. If the written word of the Bible, he said, could be changed into a spoken word and become one single voice, this voice more powerful than the roaring of the sea would cry out. The essence of the whole Bible would be this outcry. The Father loves you. Your heavenly Father loves you and wants to set you free. Everything that God does and says in the Bible is love. And even God's anger is nothing but love. God is love. I would say it this way. God's love causes him to fight for you like a father fights for his kids. We have two precious children. They're not kids anymore. Somebody, you know, a few years ago, my son is 41 now, by the way. Our daughter... I don't know if I can say how old her daughter is, but she's younger than her husband and he's 39. She's younger. A few years ago, so Ricky, our son, is, you know, one of his hobbies is cooking. He loves to, you know, he does, he has a big pizza oven now. He does... uh, Grilled meat, smoked meats. He has a meat smoker. He just, he's always blessing us with food. It's been his hobby since he was a kid. And his favorite place to go at Disney sometimes is Chef Mickey's. And when a few years ago on his birthday, we were planning a surprise for him because his biggest thing is he wanted the whole family to go to Chef Mickey's for his birthday. So I called, made the reservation, and said, my son loves this place, it's gonna be awesome. And they said, oh, how old is the little fella? (laughs) I said, he's 30. (laughs) The moment, listen, the moment our son was born and our daughter was born, I only thought I understood love for my wife, their mother, I understood love in a certain level. But those of you that are parents can attest that once that baby is born, of course, we were, our generation was kind of the first generation that was in the room. You know, my dad dropped my mother off at the hospital and said, call me when it's over. (laughs) True story. And, And he went and hung out with his friends and didn't hear anything for 36 hours. Which my mother still holds against me <laughs> thirty six hours of labor, okay <sighs> but watching my son be born isn't it the isn 't it the wildest thing you go from this moment of knowing there 's a baby inside to you either have a son or a daughter, and we, our, our kids were born before sonograms and telling what, you know, if they were boys or girls. And of course, apparently that doesn't matter anymore. Anyway, anyway, except the big reveal party is like the biggest thing in the world at the same time. Oh, well, we don't know till they decide. No, no, no. Anyway, sorry, I'm old school, I'll just us be honest with you. Like Archie Bunker and Edith Bunker saying, girls were girls and men were men. I feel a song coming on, who knew, <laughs> sorry. But something happens when you become a parent and you, and you don't know the fullness of it until your kids go to school and somebody picks on them. Some of you sweet mamas your voice is just so soft oh I just love I love people I love Jesus I love the Lord don't you love the Lord I love the Lord to somebody picks on little Johnny <laughs> <laughs> claws fangs what you doing to Johnny Right? What is that? It's parental love. Our world is so filled right now with complacency and apathy. Almost like people want you to, if somebody jumped out of the bushes when you're walking, you know, around a store, and somebody jumped out and grabbed your kid, it's almost like they they want you to just go, oh, leave my child alone. Come back. That's not what a parent does. Or a grandparent, either one. (sighs) Yeah, Right? Right? It's true. This is my baby. He's 41. I don't care. She's 38. I don't care. That's my baby. Don't touch my baby. This is the father's love that causes him to fight for us. Think about it. The essence of the message of spiritual warfare is simply this. God fights for his kids and he also fights through his kids. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered or expressed in human language. The Holy Spirit prays through us when we yield to him. Intercession. But rest assured, the fight is all about one thing. It's about freedom. Freedom. Freedom from the clutches of darkness, freedom. Not just about getting free, but what God intends through that intercession is you learn to live free, live a free life, unencumbered, unhindered by all this stuff going on. One of my favorite movies of all time, Braveheart. William Wallace, often called the father of his country, ironically, loved Scotland so much that he was willing to risk his very life for that one thing, that Scotland would be free as a nation and not under the tyranny of England. Think of it. He could have been killed. (laughs) And on August 5th, 1305, that's before Mike Malick was even born. Thank you. On August 5th, 1305, as they prepared to hang William Wallace for treason, they first disemboweled him, which is very unpleasant, at least in the movie. They gave him a chance to pledge his allegiance to the King of England. And as they gave him a moment to speak, thinking he would recant and renounce and repent, he screamed out one word at the end of that movie. Freedom, my friends. The fight of faith is about God's love for you and His desire that you live in freedom. Your father is a warrior. Galatians five one from the message. I'm almost done. Christ has set us free to live a free life. Not just to say I'm free. Or sing songs, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Free at last, free at last. No, no, so you would live free here, here, here. Relationally here. Whom the Son sets free is free to live in the fullness of the benefits of everything Jesus paid the price for you. And he doesn't want you to live in Anything less than everything Jesus went through for you. And in every area where Jesus paid the price, the devil has no more legal right to touch your life. Doesn't mean he doesn't try. Doesn't mean he hasn't won so far in some things, but you gotta get your mind right, get your mind renewed, get your heart right, get ready to understand more and more and more. When we call for growth and building, we're not just talking about building the building, we're talking about building you. We could all be closer to God than we are right now. That I may know him, Paul the Apostle said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, that I may know him, that I may become increasingly more acquainted with and intimate with him. Take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. I'll finish with one of my favorite stories, my favorite preaching stories I've shared a couple of times over the years because it's so good. It seems a farmer had um, his favorite donkey fell into a dry well way, way down. Farmer gathered some friends. They tried everything to get that donkey out of the well and they could not do it. So he couldn't bear to let this, that donkey had almost become like a pet. Couldn't bear to let him suffer too long, just emaciate down there and die. So they decided to bury him So the farmers began to get buckets of sand and dirt and just pour it down the well. After a few hours, they went to look inside and the donkey was almost to the top because what they didn't know was what they were trying to bury him with the donkey was smart enough to have a strategy. Every bucket of sand that hit him, he'd shake it off and he'd step up. Now I'm telling you, there's all kinds of dirt flying right now. All kinds of junk. All kinds of stuff trying to bury the people of God. But you and I gotta shake it off. And step up. Fight for your freedom. Believe God. Trust in the Lord. Because Jesus proclaimed that He came to set the captives free. Said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news and to set the captives free. Are you bound today? Are you still hiding on the porch in the prison of your own inferiority? Are you still hiding on the porch while others celebrate your release? Or are you living as a free man or a free woman today, truly experiencing a life of freedom in Christ Jesus? My friend, it's time to break out of the prison of trauma And bitterness, unforgiveness has no right to hold you in solitary confinement anymore. It's time to break free. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you didn't just leave us stuck in the conditions that we've been in. We thank you that you have you came to stop the thief from stealing and killing and destruction. And you came to give us life and give us to us in superabundance till it overflows. Precious Holy Spirit, would you come and let this word get from our heads into our hearts that we might see who we are in you and be reminded of your grace and your power. We take authority in the name of Jesus today over the spirit of heartache and heartbreak and depression. And we say that our God is bigger than your feelings. It's not a cliche. If Jesus set you free legally, then you're already free from whatever it is that's held on to you. Maybe it's addiction, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's shame, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's secrets of abuse or neglect or molestation when you were younger. And those things have built, the walls you meant to keep others out have now imprisoned you. Today is a day of salvation and salvation means set free. Spirit, soul, and body. If you're here today or you're watching our online campus, I invite you to do something different, to do something different, to respond today by faith and to say, I wanna grow, I wanna move forward, to recognize your own captivity before it's too late. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me, maybe you've been going through, you know, anxiety is the kind of the buzzword out there right now. But I was thinking about it. You know what anxiety is? It's a spirit of fear. That's what it is. It's worry and stuff vexing you at the back of your mind when you're trying to do other things. Whom the sun sets free from stress, worry, anxiety. Listen, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and love, the Father's love, and soundness of mind. If you're here today and you're battling, if you don't know Jesus, you can know him right now. If you already know the Lord, but you've not been leaning into him, you just kind of have this get out of hell free card, reserved for your deathbed, that's not enough. Give him your life, give him your heart, Give him your all. If you're going through stress right now, going through that fear, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, I need, I want today is my day to be free. Make it a proclamation. Put your hand up. Put both hands up. Put a foot up if you have to. Do whatever you have to do. Say, this is, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm not going to be bound when Jesus came to set me free. Keep your hand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person whose hand is raised, every person whose heart is open, that you'd reveal Jesus as healer, as deliverer, came to set the captives free. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true and it is not a lie. And we say, fear, we bind you. And we break your your hold, we break your harassment. And we rebuke every demonic spirit attached to that fear, trying to make an inroad right now. By the name of Jesus, we proclaim the blood of Jesus has set this person free. And we call you off of the back porch, off of the back road. And we call you to the front at the altar of your heart to surrender to the King of Kings for freedom's sake, for freedom's sake, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Did you get something today? I believe God's done something for you. Email us, let us know. We want to pray for you. We're excited about this. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.